the zone. Make you eat the crow. Laughing in your face. Laughing to the bank. She can keep the push. I just want the brain. Nah, the Giants got smoked on national TV. What an embarrassment. 40 0. That's insane. The Chargers and the Dolphins have a great, great game. Probably the game I enjoyed watching the most in week one. Uh, the Raiders are leading their division. Crazy, crazy stuff. A fun, fun week of NFL football. Looked a little sloppy. You could tell that the preseason doesn't really get teams ready for the NFL season anymore. A lot of surprises, um, like the Buccaneers beating the Vikings. Falcons running all over the Panthers. That was pretty cool. 49ers looking like true contenders against the Steelers. A lot of a lot of surprises. The Rams did not expect the Rams to look that good against the Seahawks. But overall, the takeaway from today was, or the the one that shocked me was the Giants just looking terrible on Sunday Night Football. That game was boring. That game was over at halftime. Like, they never showed up. It was an embarrassment. The Cowboys also looking pretty legit behind that defense. But before we get to the football, before we get to the NFL being back, shout out to Djokovic for winning his 24th Grand Slam. 24th. Um... Slam, he ties, you know, the woman's record. He, you know, keeps building on his gap um, with Nadal. But, man, the tribute he paid to Kobe, I'll touch on that in a little bit. But Djokovic is winning me over. But, yeah, hope you guys enjoy this weekend of sports. The NFL is back. Let's hallelujah. The NFL is back. And Djokovic wins his 24th. All of that on this episode of the Hearts Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. You know... I'm a huge Nadal fan. Out of the big three, that's the one I connect with. That's the one that I root for. Uh, and that's my guy. He's my favorite player in in the world. He's my favorite player. He's my favorite tennis player. But Djokovic, congratulations on winning your 24th title. Congratulations on, you know, greatness, on beating Medvedev, getting revenge on Medvedev, beating him in straight sets after losing to him in straight sets two years ago. All of that. We could talk about all of that. The 24 titles, you know, him being so good at this sport, winning the Australian Open, winning the French Open, winning the U.S. Open three in one year. That's insane. Making all four of the finals. Like this guy is 36 years old and it looks like he's not slowing down. Like he's he is undoubtedly at this point, he's the GOAT. I can't even deny it anymore as an Adolf fan. And He's winning me over as a fan, man. I respect all three of them, all three of the big three. But obviously, like, Nadal's my guy. And I think his main rivalry was with Federer. So I, I, Federer is my second guy. And Djokovic, he's not. I respect the rivalries. He's amazing matches against uh, Nadal. The French Open in 2021. Third, third set was one of the best tennis matches of all time. One of the best sets of all time. That was cinema. It was amazing. I can't wait till Nadal comes back next year and his last goodbye. Maybe he plays another season, and I can't wait to see them go at it again. But Djokovic has always been the third guy for me and, like, a distant third. And, like, sometimes I root against him. Sometimes I root against greatness just to, you know, keep it close with Nadal or, you know, just because he's a rival. I don't know. But he's genuinely growing on me, man. He's genuinely growing on me. I, I want to say I, I'm a Djokovic fan now, dude. I, as you guys know... Kobe's like my favorite player of all time. I love Kobe. He's he's always in the background of my videos. Uh, his his uh, 
his passing away it was a uh, made me very very uh sad and you know i think about it you know from not, i don't, I don't want to say every day because you know there, there's days where i don't think about it but i do think about it a lot and he's one of my he was my favorite player at the time and for Djokovic to play such a tribute to him put the shirt on talk so nice about him <clears throat> is it's just dope and for me for someone that for someone that uh tries to bring energy when i go to tennis stadiums and uh tries to uh, i'm trying to nah, i don't say i'm trying to change the culture around tennis but i i'm a proponent or i'm a fan of where the game's kind of moving where like you know tiafo and you know a lot of people that these die hard or you know like these people that just like tennis and want to keep it how it is are against i'm kind of for like i like i like what tiafo does on the court I like what Kyrgios does on the court. Obviously, sometimes they go overboard, especially Kyrgios. But I, I love like the high energy, and and it, they go overboard in like in the scope of tennis. Like if you were to if you watch football or basketball or soccer, and they're they're getting in their face, they're doing all this. To you, it just seems normal. But in the scope of tennis, sometimes they get too far. And and for someone that loves storylines, like in the NFL, like player returning to this opponent or like revenge game all of this you never really hear a revenge matchup or, or any of that in tennis it's all very in the scope of tennis everything's so gentleman-like and polite and you know you know everyone knows what i'm talking about but i like i like to see tennis go more towards the other sports you know you guys might hate me regular tennis fans might hate me for that but i like i like where it's going i like players showing emotion i like players talking on their interviews with some passion and not being so robotic and not just giving like the the script like what their pr person tells them to say i like them being genuine i like to see their personality i like to see them be different so when djokovic beat shelton and he did <laughs> and he did the phone call he mocked the celebration and he shut it down like dude i am all for that i love it like give me that that's what i like and the way Shelton responded to it, like the people in the comments on Instagram and on Twitter, they they got way more upset than Shelton. Shelton, he was he was like, "Hey, I, when I win, I want to do whatever I want. I think I have the right to do whatever I want. I should be able to do whatever I want. I should be able to celebrate however I want. And if that brings reactions out of Djokovic or whatever, then it's it's fair game because he won. And he said imitation is the biggest uh, form of uh, flattery or whatever he said, but yeah so like shelton was was cool with it i i thought it was i thought it was dope i thought it was super dope man like if, if you follow the nfl like when cam newton was doing like all his celebrations like people would sometimes mock his uh his superman i know uh i think he mocked uh kaepernick one time when they played in the playoffs he did a dab and uh yeah like it, it happens all the time like in like in soccer uh people be doing the sue against ronaldo whenever they score on him like it happened in juve it didn't really happen too much in madrid but it happened in juve it's happening now that he's in saudi arabia like it happens it's, it's a thing like you're trying to get in people's in people's mental like like yeah it's cool when they're friends and every, who doesn't like a story like nadal and Feder, where Federer's retiring and they're holding hands and retiring that's beautiful I get it. It's, it's they're defeating like all these stereotypes. That's great, but it's also great when they're freaking assholes to each other, or they're just, or they're just not buddy buddy, and they're like competing against each other, and 
you know, I'm going to shut you up. Like, yeah, I beat you. Look at this. I'm on the top of my game. Like, what's up? Like, I <clears throat> personally, I loved it. I don't care what anyone, anybody thinks. Like, I personally love when he did that. And the fact that Djokovic is at the top of the game and he doesn't care to, like, act a certain way, be a certain way, I'm all for it. That's in the same way that Medvedev grows on me sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, you know, he's a little too too mean or whatever to the umpires and and but it's it's commentary is funny it's funny it adds it adds to the storylines it adds like one thing about sports is they call it like the most popular reality tv show because it's not just about what you watch on the sports it's like the storylines the off the court like all of that it all adds to what you see on the court like it's not you're just not seeing two tennis players going at it like whenever T.C. Paz and Kyrgios play. Yeah, it's two very, very talented players going up against each other. Yes, it's it's a, a perennial top 10 player in T.C. Paz, top five players in T.C. Paz against, you know, a player that's probably not ranked as high as he should, as his talent warrants. Plus, it's two guys that have had all this drama and they've had other battles where they go at it against each other. It's two guys that have talked about each other in the press conferences. It's two guys. It's all of this, and it just adds to the excitement. So whenever they play again, it's going to be that much more enticing to watch. It's going to be that much more entertaining. It's going to be that much more, and there's going to be so much more anticipation to that matchup because it's all of those things that I have said. You know, perennial, perennial top 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 ten player in Tsitsipas, one of the most talented players on tour in Kyrgios. It's that plus all the other stuff, and that makes it like super entertaining. So next time, next time we see Shelton and um, Djokovic, it's not just going to be, you know, oh, the rematch of the U.S. Open semifinal or, you know, the best U.S. prospect right now, 20-year-old Shelton against the number one player in the world. It's going to be all of that plus, you know, Djokovic freaking shut the phone down on him, mocked him, like, can Shelton get him back? Like, is Shelton going to... You know, copy one of his celebrations, grab the grass. If they're playing Wimbledon, he beats him. Is he going to grab the grass and mock him? Like some, you know, there's so many storylines. And even if it doesn't happen, it's, the buildup is going to be there. And, and it just adds to what the TV networks could talk about. It just adds to what people that cover the sport could talk about. It's just, it's just more content, more and more content. Who doesn't like more tennis content? Like, it'd be great. But yeah, that's my opinion. And I'm not going to lie, those two last matches with Djokovic just doing that and and then and then his Kobe tribute that like the, the he is he's winning me over like I'm a uh, he's not he's he's probably always going to be my third in the big 3 but like I won't really root against him anymore like I fuck I'll enjoy greatness I'm, I'll take my own advice and just enjoy greatness as long as it's here and just obviously if he plays Nadal or if he's in a tournament right now it's, it'll be easier right now that Nadal's recovering from injury but if when a dog comes back and they're in the same tournament, you know, I might root against him to lose just on the dog. And, um, but obviously, I'm going to root for him to win so they can meet up. But if he loses and it gives Nadal a higher chance of winning a title, it is what it is. Nah, but for real, it's like we don't we won't get too many more of their matchups. So I'm probably going to root against I'm probably going to root for them to meet up in the final or the semifinal, wherever they meet up. But man, Djokovic, what well, congratulations one, one more time winning your 24th. Uh, thoroughly outplayed Medvedev. I think the second set was the closest one. Medvedev had a chance. I went into tiebreak, couldn't get it done, and then got broken in the third. To Medvedev's credit, he fought. He, he brought it back to uh, on serve, but then you know, 
couldn't really do much after that. He he told in his semifinal press conference after beating Alcaraz that he had to play like 11 or 12 uh, out of 10 from his game to be able to have a chance against Djokovic. And unfortunately, he probably played like an 8 or 9 of his games today. And it was it's just not enough against Djokovic playing top, top tennis. But yeah, congratulations on Mamba's 24th title, you know, and... You're winning me over, Djokovic. I can't deny it. You're winning me over. You might have won me over already, dude. We'll see how I feel when the next tournament comes around, whichever one you play. But shout out, Djokovic. What what a guy, dude. 24 titles, 24 Grand Slams. And what were the Giants thinking, like paying Daniel Jones all this money? I get it. 40 It's not all his fault. Can't blame Daniel Jones for all of that. Um, I, there's probably multiple people that you could play in before Daniel Jones. But, like, let's be real. Let's look at his numbers at the end of the game. 15 out of 28, 104 yards, two interceptions. And the number one the number one reason or the number one, you know, telltale that you could tell that Daniel Jones is not the guy is that not once, not once, when the Giants went down, like, what was it, 26-0 or, like, whatever the score was after the first, after the at halftime, not once in my mind that I think Daniel Jones could lead a comeback. Not once. Like, there was never there was never an inkling in my head of that, like, oh, you know what? Daniel Jones is going to put this team on his back. He's going to bring him back. If, if the threat of the running game is not there no more, Daniel Jones is going to be able to, you know, bring him back with his arm. Like, it was done. It was cooked. Like, you could turn that game off, and it was a wrap. Like, there's no way Daniel Jones... And, this is forty million dollars a year, Daniel Jones, who's who you you know, and even most Giants fans could probably agree to this. Like the game was over. Like if if you're gonna force, and here's another reason why you could tell that the Giants are they know what they have in Daniel Jones. Like this food threw for twenty eight, this food threw twenty eight times the whole game, when you're down that big. Like dude, people throw twenty eight games in a in a game that they're leading, like for the whole game like this this is a game where daniel jones should have thrown the ball like 50 times but they know they're like two interceptions it's not looking too good team feels wet probably doesn't have the strongest arm to you know get the ball downfield in these conditions like let's try to run the ball let's try to do a little you know daniel jones runs here and there he carried the ball 13 times he almost had as many runs as completions he had 15 completions 13 runs like what are we doing here like uh hopefully they have you know i haven't looked I, i'm not too familiar with the contract they gave him i know it's 40 a year for like three four years um if they have outs hopefully they take it after this year because i'm gonna tell you this daniel jones is not that guy he's not that guy saquon barkley looked pretty good we'll see uh we'll see if the giants are able to bounce back but the cowboys defense single-handedly bringing bringing uh fantasy managers back into their matchup uh 27 points ridiculous and just out of fantasy not thinking about fantasy just they're so stacked on defense they're so stacked like it's pretty crazy oh man the giant the cowboys the cowboys are for real man if that da- if Dak prescott could do anything i have Dak prescott he, he only scored like six points um but the game you know didn't really dictated him to throw the ball so it is what it is um but if if the Cowboys are going to have this type of defense, this type of performance from their players the whole season, 
it's it's bad for the league, man. Trayvon Diggs forcing that fumble with his brother in the stands, showing out for his brother. Um, obviously, Mika Parsons fucking all over the field, looking like a menace. He only had two tackles, but you, you you could tell he was there, you know, pressuring. And the Giants, the Giants just cannot cannot stop the rush against uh this this defense. Like it it was bad. How many sacks did they have? Let me look at the team stats. Uh, Daniel Jones, to his credit, to his credit, he was pressured all day. He was pressured all day. I gotta I gotta give him that. Um, let's see, he was sacked seven times. <laughs> So maybe I was a little harsh on Daniel Jones, seven sacks, um, and he doesn't have the best wide receiver group, to be honest. Maybe I'm I'm a little. It is overreaction Monday. I, maybe Daniel Jones does have a chance to be the guy, but like, for me, me personally, I've seen enough. I don't think he's the guy. I don't. I don't think he's gonna. Yeah, it's cool that he cut down on the interceptions and the fumbles last year. I think he only had like five interceptions. Well, he has two this year already. We'll see how many he ends up with. We'll see. But I'm I'm more of like last year was a fluke and that's his peak. And like if or he's that's close to his peak, then, you know, that's a big leap he took. And he's going to keep taking leaps like that. I'm more of like, you know, they were very lucky to get that last year. And if they get that again, they'll be over the moon. And if if they get something better than that there they'll be like over five moons but I'm, I'm more like that guy that they saw last year was like the best possible outcome and we're, he's gonna regress a little bit and i still can't believe they gave him 40 million dollars a year that's insane um like i said not once that i think daniel jones was gonna bring this team back um when, especially like i said they are playing the cowboys defense and once you go down and you you let them just pressure you it's gonna be a long day. What do you guys think? Are the Giants uh like are they done? Like forty zero on opening day that could demoralize any team, especially in New York. Like I can't even imagine the headlines in New York. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys look legit. We'll see how they do the rest of the season. The Cowboys have the Jets coming up. That should be interesting. We'll see how the Jets do today on Monday Night Football. And the Giants have the Cardinals coming up so that's a good uh bounce back opportunity for the giants but overall like i i don't think daniel Jan- daniel jones is a guy for the giants like he's just not him he's not him hey but the chargers lose 34 36 to the dolphins tua looked amazing he throws for over 400 yards 466 yards three touchdowns honestly at some point it just became hey wherever wherever tyree kills at, like fuck it throw it up there see what he could do Jalen Waddle helped out with 78 yards, but Tyreek Hill 215 yards. What else? One man offense, dude. And I must say, Tua won that battle against Herbert. Herbert, who is now officially the second highest paid player of all time behind Joe Burrow. You know, his stats 228 yards, one touchdown, 23 out of 33. Not bad. He he did make some good throws, but Mike Williams got a little banged up. I get it. I get it. But Austin Eckler, 117 yards, 7.3 yards of carry. The The run game was there. The run game was looking good for the Chargers. Um, they should have been able to do more. Uh, but for some reason, the Chargers just lose these closed games, man. And I could already hear people are going to say two is better than, than Herbert. And if he could stay healthy, he might, you know, get a fat contract, especially with all these weapons that he has. And... 
you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I did draft Tua in all three of my fantasy football leagues. Started hitting one. I get it, but he showed out for me. I have faith in Tua, especially with all these weapons. If he can stay healthy, I kind of liked how he barked back at, at uh, fuck, I'm blanking on his thing, but the, the guy from ESPN, um, oh, <laughs> Ryan Clark. So I, I, I loved how he responded to Ryan Clark. Keep my name out of your mouth. I like seeing that fire out of Tua. I think that's not gonna lie. Not just not just his. I didn't see really any offseason clips, and not the fact that he was balling out last year before he got hurt. I didn't really draft him because of that. If I'm keeping it a buck, I'm keeping it. Uh, I drafted him because I saw that he said to Ryan Clark, "Keep my name out of your mouth," and I saw how he was mad. And he just looked like he was a dog now, man. And he was already, like I said, he was already playing good last year, and he was putting up fantasy stats. Um, and he has a boatload of weapons with with the Dolphins. That's why I drafted him in all three of my leagues. Hopefully, he's able to stay healthy. But yeah, man, shout out to Tua for putting out a putting out a show out there at SoFi Stadium. Um, we'll see how the Dolphins can do. Like that division is gonna be hard. The Jets play today. We'll see how they do. Um, the Patriots actually put up a fight against the Eagles. It looked like the Eagles were gonna like blow them out of the water and just you know fuck them up hella bad because they were down. Um, like pretty like sixteen zero to start the first quarter or something like that. So I thought they were, and then they had a chance to win the game at the end, or they had the ball with like they had the ball with time left and one possession, less than one possession game, or like one possession game with the chance to go for the lead. Um, in the end they couldn't do it, but you know the the Patriots are gonna always compete. They're always gonna play hard with Bill Belichick. Um, who's the other team? Dolphins, Jets. Dolphins, Jets, Patriots, and the Bills. Obviously, the Bills are going to be tough. They play the Jets tomorrow. Like, we'll see. That division is going to be tough. So, we'll see. But good signs for the Dolphins. They were able to go into the L.A. Chargers Stadium and beat them up. Like I said, I'm proud of Tua. Uh, I'm more. I'm in that. I'm in that family. I'm in that. You know, in that consensus that Herbert needs to start doing more. Man, it kind of looks like. His rookie year was his peak, and he was good his second year. Last year, obviously, you know, there's a bunch of reasons why he didn't, you know, put up the numbers or have the best performances. Like, obviously, we all know about the offensive coordinator basically handicapping is what everybody says, what every Charger fan says. Um, a lot of his players were hurt. His line, Slater was hurt. His left tackle was out for the season. I get it. But now you're getting paid. You're the second highest paid player in NFL history. Like, uh, there's no more excuses. Uh, it doesn't matter who's hurt. Uh, all it doesn't matter. Like, you gotta go get. You gotta go carry this team. And the performance today was not fifty-three, fifty-two million dollars a year performance. If I'm keeping it a buck, like, so uh, what I need is Herbert to just. You got your new coordinator. You got all these weapons. You gotta get it done. Yeah, the team allowed three sacks today, and he was pressured, but got to get it done, man. You win the time of possession. You, you're leading most of the game. Like, you got you to gotta bring it home, and he didn't bring it home. So we'll see how the Chargers do. Uh, fortunately for the Chargers, everyone in the division lost other than the Raiders. Are the Raiders realistically going to be leading the division the whole year? Probably not. They look decent. Um the Broncos don't look that good. The Chiefs, we'll see how they bounce back. So it's not the end of the world for the Chargers to lose the first week, but I'm pretty sure they would have loved to be 1-0 and be up there with the Raiders. But 
Now they're tied with the Chiefs. We'll see how they do. A lot of expectations for the Chargers, man. People have a lot of expectations for the Chargers. It's, it's not a bad team to lose to. The Dolphins, they're they're regarded up there, too. They have a lot of weapons. It's not a bad loss. Fought to the end. But if the Chargers are going to keep these, you know, fulfill their expectations for this year with this talented of a roster with the second highest paid quarterback in the league, these are the type of games they got to bring home. And they didn't. So we'll see how they do. But what are you guys' takeaways from week one of the NFL season? It's basically in the books. We just have the Bills and Jets tonight. We'll see how they do. But that should do it for this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. You know, if you made it to the end, appreciate you so much. Thank God football is back. Um, tennis is probably going to wind down a little bit now that the four slams are over. We're just, you know, trying to see who makes it to the Nido finals. Um, who I think is going to be back in Italy again. And we'll see who finishes as year-end number one. He's going to come down probably to Djokovic. <clears throat> and Alcaraz, Mevedev probably has an outside chance, but I don't think he, there's enough tournaments for him to end up as number one. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. You know, the tennis is year-round, basically, so there's always going to be tournaments going on. Shout-out to Djokovic one more time. You, you kind of got a fan of me now, man. I can't I can't even lie. You, you kind of won me over. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone and have a good rest of your day. I don't check my